Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. What comes up for you when I say, I need you to work on, or I would like for you to look at your face, <laughs> look at your face. Just hold on. Don't, 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 don't answer this. Anticipation. Uh, I, I would like for you to work on dot, 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 or I would like for you to make an effort to work on dot, dot, dot. So don't answer that. Mm-hmm. Tell me what comes up for you. Like what's the, the feeling? Um, because things come up for me when, when, you know, when someone says that to me. So what comes up for you when I say, I would like for you to make an effort on dot, dot, dot. I mean, if we're being completely honest, we have to be honest or what's the point? What comes up for me initially is, uh, defensiveness Mm -hmm. mixed with dread. Yes. Mixed with, um, for me and my story and my codependency struggle, it's, it's like the, I'm standing at the precipice of the shame spiral. Like it's ready to go. It's ready. So it sounds like I'm reprimanding you. Yes. Yes. So for me, if you were to say, uh, Hey John, um, here are some things I would like you to make an effort on. So part of me, same thing, defense, you know, going to, well, I've already got my list of what I want you to make an effort on, right? All of that. Uh, but there's a part of me that's like, oh, let's um, let's hear it. Oh, uh, sure. There's and, a part of me that does that, too. How can we're I just be talking initial, <laughs> initial yes. gut response is that. Yeah. Um, that's the not thinking part of my brain, right? The thinking part of my brain is bringing in the tools that I've learned and, okay, breathe. Like, this is the re- this part of the relationship. Like, you can do this. It doesn't mean you're bad. You know, let's sit and hear this out. But that's not – that's my thinking. That's right. not my gut. That's not right. my emotional response. The The survival response in me is dread defensiveness and shame. So this is the protein. This is what I want to talk about because I think this process happens for 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 all couples is um you know the road forks that logic and the feelings that are coming up and the feelings that are coming up 
are tied to our story, are tied to our past, are tied to, you know, like you, like if you struggle with codependency and, and all of, you know, uh, shame and, and all of that. So how do you as a practice when your partner says, hey, um, here are some things that I would like for you to make an effort on? Well, first of all, is that wrong to say that? Is there a better way to say it? I no, mean, I, I don't I mean, think you. I don't think you open with that. That's coming in very hot. Right. I think it's there's there's an approach to doing this, which is, which is actually like communication techniques. Um, the Gottmans talk a lot about this, which is like soft openers. Um, give us an example of a soft. Openers. Okay, so give us an example of a soft opener versus a hard opener. Um, I mean, it would be coming in with a compliment first. Oh, okay. So it would be coming in with, um, you know, I really appreciate all that you do. Yeah. You know, y- you make me feel really safe. Hey, by the way, uh, her hand is underneath the table um, and she's touching me. And I'm not joking. This helps a lot because yeah. I don't think a lot of people. Well, I connect physically too, right? Yes. And so do you. Yes. So, so yeah, I'm hearing her giving me a compliment. But, you know, um, I'm also feeling underneath the table her hand on my leg. And um, it's not that kind of touch. It's more of... Um, I hear you. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I, and that, I'm uh, here. I'm and it's connected. very gentle. It's just like two or three fingers barely grazing. I mean, I could mistake it for a spider or something. Um, but that helps tremendously is touch. So go ahead. You lost your train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going in soft, gone right. things. So hand under the table. <laughs> compliment. Uh, you know, and, and this isn't me lying. I mean, this is really me pulling from truth. It would be, you know, cause you can't, it can't be fake. It can't be false. It has to be something true. In yeah. Your you, you can't say, Hey, uh, you're the hottest woman I've ever seen in my life. Oh, by the I way, would laugh and be like, can you, okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you work on these things? No. So it has to come from an authentic place. So something that is, so, you know, the word compliment is, is kind of misleading. It's not, it's not so much a compliment. It's, um, saying something it's a positive. Validation. It's a validation of what that person is doing well. A posit- what, oh, something positive, yes. right? And what you appreciate about them in the relationship. So, right. you know, if I were going to say, uh, yeah, like, so I would say, you know, I, I appreciate how you make me feel seen. I appreciate that you make me feel very safe. Um, and, and I'm going to say, and instead, instead of, of but, but, yeah, but in the gates. And there are some things I think we should talk about. I've been, you know, sitting with a feeling like there's maybe some areas for improvement. Um, I, I'm feeling like I'm kind of lacking in a couple areas in the relationship that I think you might be able to help me with, with maybe some more effort. Um, and so, you know, are, are you willing to have that conversation? Now, let me pause on that. This is actually a really important piece. Uh, this is actually something that Danae and I talked about in our podcast yesterday with somebody, and we were both like that. It's just realizing how important it is. It's actually really important that you ask permission from somebody about whether or not they have the capacity at that moment to have a conversation. Yeah, but then can't that be an escape go to say no and then the conversation's over? But that's information for you. If the person says no, hey, not right like I'm in a really weird headspace yeah. or I have a shitload of stuff going on or like I've got this really important meeting in a couple hours and listen, I really want to have this conversation with you, but I I can't do it right now. It's not on you to get defensive about that. You really have to respect that person not fair. being in a good place and say, okay, so when would be good? Right. And then that person's responsible for saying a moment when, right? Like, what about tonight after work? Let's set aside an hour and have this conversation. Because if you come at somebody, even in a soft startup, if you come at somebody with a pretty big, hey, we need to talk conversation, um, sometimes people aren't in the headspace for that. And you're not going to get the kind of conversation that you even want if you allow them to come to you when they're ready to. Yeah, I, I used to, in relationships, I think that's important. want to talk about something, and then I wouldn't let go of that topic, mm. and we would talk about it for hours. There would be no resolution. I would be able to handle that. Um, and then, you know, my partner would be exhausted, 
And I would feel like if you leave and you don't continue to talk about this, then you're checking out of the relationship. So, um, and I don't think that's fair. I understand that now, right? So um, I get that. But at the same time, you can't use that card too many times. No. You can't say every time someone wants to have a hard conversation, you're like, oh, can we talk about this tomorrow or next week? And then it never happens. Well, I... (laughs) So I want to say come back. I want to say yes, and then I want to say and. I think it depends on your understanding of your partner. So, for me, being an avoidant, right, and and having the codependent tendencies, when somebody comes to me with a, I want to have this kind of conversation. Like I said, I immediately my shame spiral starts to trigger. I'm yeah. already you in feel a like place. You're in trouble. I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm already in a place of trying to maintain and keep myself in my body and keep myself, you know, uh, like grounded and present and not dissociating and leaving my body basically is what happens to me. So I actually think giving me a heads up would be helpful. Um, I actually think it would be helpful because I could get out of my emotional brain, come back into my logical brain, ground myself and say, okay, we're ready to have this conversation now. You haven't done anything wrong. This is just part of having a relationship. You need to be able to take and give feedback. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you are listening or watching and uh, you are one also when confronted or uh, there's some criticism. Um, I don't know if that's kind of a strong word. And what you do is you feel yourself getting very defensive. You feel yourself uh, that you are in the principal's office. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, you need to kindly ask for uh, the conversation to be had when when it feels better for you. And you can't say never. And you can't say in a week from now. And you can't say three days from now. It has to be a reasonable request. This is the thing that I actually work with clients who are couples all the time who have um, avoidant tendencies is that you have to be specific about the day, time, moment that you're going to come back right. and reconnect with your partner. But even before that step, if you are able to sit down... Um, then be open. Right. If you're able no, in that moment, yeah, great. No, notice your defensiveness, uh, know where it's coming from, and just hear the person out. Well, you also could just say, okay, I hear that you want to have a conversation about something. Give me five minutes. Let me go to the bathroom. Let me kind of take a couple breaths because you know me, right? Yeah. This is not like a relationship with somebody who doesn't know my initial responses. Give me a couple minutes. Let me do some breathing and some grounding exercises kind of bring my nervous system back down to a place of like, let's have this conversation and then I'm going to come back. Right. I noticed uh, we've had a couple arguments where both of our uh, nervous systems were high and our shields were out and we're just playing joust and we're coming at each other. And um, because of our personalities, we can um, both pull on that tug of war rope very hard. Right. And then when you get into that place, what's the point of the conversation? Um, yeah. Then it just becomes point, defensiveness. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to, Open with this because uh, the dot, dot, dot was going to be, um, can you make an effort to um, lower, the, crack the windows of our car before exiting? Uh, because then when I get into the car, it's 120 degrees and I'm sweating instantly. But today, before we even did this, I noticed she got out of the car and she rolled the windows down. So she made an effort without me even having to ask. Which is my second point. Well, you had to ask a couple times. I know, I'm gonna right? Be, I'm gonna right. Be fair. No, but but I didn't have it's to. It's not a normal thing. Yes, for me but to like do. joking about, it, I didn't have to like sit you down and have a conversation. Of course. Right. I mean, it's also just not a normal thing for right. me to do, so I'm doing it for your sake. So it took me a couple times to remember. But to do here's it. my second point. Maybe you do ask in a 
uh, more casual. It doesn't have to be some giant, giant sit-down sit down. conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like me wanting her to roll the windows down um, because she forgets to isn't that big of a deal, right? And that's not like a sit-down conversation. I don't think that's um, – I think if you approach it that way, it, you're, you're, you're just making it too dramatic, right? So I just jokingly, hey, can you do that? Or I noted that, hey, you know, every time I go in the car, I'm drenched in sweat before I pull out of the driveway. Can you crack the windows? Um, the Altadena sun is three times more powerful than the average sun. And so, <laughs> uh, scientist, John. Yes. and so, um, you, you just kind of ask a couple times and look what happened. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I don't, I wouldn't think I would have, that wouldn't have warranted a sit down conversation. No, at all. I mean, but, that, that's a different thing, yeah. right? If we're but, talking about something emotional, that, I think that would be different. But. but, but here's the thing. She did it today uh, because she listened to me and it was important to her. So thank you for that. Let's talk about uh, masculine and feminine energy. This is actually a topic I'm generalizing here, but a lot of men get confused about. I think a lot of people get okay, confused okay, about. Okay. I actually no generalizations. Yeah, I think in uh, general it's a very confusing topic. Let's even just for say me. me. I was very confused. Yeah, about you were very. Confused. I thought masculine energy was like you know, um, I'll mow the lawn, I'll fix things. The whole the gen. The gender, mm-hmm. um, because of the way they were socialized, and then the feminine energy, I thought was like you know, doing dishes, you know, right? <laughs> Your and mom it, might say that, right? It's, it, yeah, and so um, that is that actually not true. We all have masculine energy and feminine energy. We got to be careful not to. It's not gendered at all. Yeah, it's not gendered. It's not a gendered thing because I think also uh, with men, when we think of, or I should just say me, when I think of feminine energy. Um, I start feeling like that's a weakness or it makes me less of a man. Right. That's because right? we live in a patriarchal society and yeah. the patriarchy has done just that. Right. The patriarchal society has actually made everybody, man, woman, whatever, believe that feminine anything is weakness. Right. Feminine anything right. is bad, right. is wrong, is less than. And that is why we are where we're at as a society. So how do you define feminine energy? How do you define masculine energy? It's hard to say here's the definition. Um, they're very fluid and there's a lot of components. This is not a conversation that's like a five-minute chat, y'all. This is like, I mean, there are like PhD-level studies on just this topic. Um, the most kind of general, quick, broad I can give is masculine energy. When you think of masculine, you think of containing, holding, safety, structure, mm-hmm. um, organized, uh, yeah, and then, oh, a monarch. Oh, there's just, a butterfly. A monarch just flew oh, into our garage. And left. <laughs> it was like, nope, not nope, No, thanks. Um, feminine energy tends to be nurturing uh, and warm and communicative. And you, you said once creativity is feminine energy, which I thought was really yep, interesting. Creativity tends to be more feminine energy. Uh, masculine energy tends to be more like getting shit done, yep, like task-oriented. Yep. Uh, and so, again, we all embody both. And so, sometimes it can be out of whack. Sometimes, right. you know, we like even as a woman, I can have more masculine, which I do. Um, or as a man, somebody can have more feminine. So bringing it back to us in relationships, um, you have more masculine energy and I would say I have more feminine energy or no. Yeah, I, I think that my it's not that I have more. We both have the. It, what happens is they get out of alignment. Right. So it's not that I have more. It's just that I have put more time and energy into my masculine so it's more honed than my feminine because for me it's a safety thing so how would one um balance their energy masculine feminine energy so like if i if i tend to have more feminine energy than masculine uh how would i balance it so i have more masculine energy you think god you were trying to have like a depth psychology conversation in a five-minute instagram live um 
the process to balance is actually pretty it's not that it's tricky it just it takes a lot of um ownership and a lot of uh self-awareness and a lot of introspection so first and foremost you need to be able to actually recognize what in you um i don't want to say lacking but maybe is uh you know less sharpened if you will maybe what you have less access to um, where in your life do you feel like it would serve you or benefit you to actually be able to access some of these points that I made about the difference between masculine and feminine energies? Um, maybe where does your partner desire or request from you something that you it doesn't come natural for you or it feels like it doesn't come natural for you? Then there's a level of kind of acceptance and ownership of, okay, so like, for example, John and I had a conversation about this the other day and there were some masculine energetic components where I said, you know, for me... I would feel safer, not in the relationship, but just as a person, I would feel safer if I felt like I wasn't the only one because this is how I grew up. I wasn't the only one feeling like I had to be on the lookout all the time, making sure everything was good, making sure the lists were made, making sure schedules were met. This this is Um, why I bought two bats from Amazon. Two what? Bats from Amazon. Yes. We have have animals here in Altadena. Um, And so, you know, I said... That for me is a struggle because I don't want to live in that place. That is a very um, survival-based way of living that I have kind of grown up with. And I'm ready at this point in my life to soften out of that. I don't want to live in that in that state anymore. But it's almost impossible for me to soften out of that if I don't feel like in this situation my partner, for example – is going to meet me in that masculine energetic place because if I don't feel like my partner can do that, then I'm going to stay in that place. So here's what's what's um, confusing is, okay, so uh, she wants me to um, exude more masculine energy and uh, we may have different definitions on what that looks like. Not only that, but she may put weight on different things. So um, in order for her to, to feel safe, you know, part of that can be um, financial security Part of that can be responsibilities. Part of that can be daily chores. Part of, like It's so wide. But that's my responsibility to communicate specifics to right, you. Right. And then it's your responsibility as my partner to say, okay, I hear you. Here's where I'm going to try to work on things. Here's what I know that I'm probably not going to be really great at, but I'm going to do my best. And here's where I am actually going to try to work on things. It's It's because I need it. Right. And vice versa, like you coming to me and saying, I need this from you to feel safer, more secure, more connected in this relationship. Actually, you wouldn't feel safer. That's more my thing. It would be more connected for you. Yeah. So and then uh, that's my responsibility. Yeah. And I just had a revelation, um, you know, because the other day I asked Vanessa or I I told her that I need um, I'm someone because I'm I'm more of an anxious, uh, an anxious attachment style. Um, I'm always. seeking connection in some form and and maybe crossing the line sometimes of being needy um a lot less today than than i used to but um some form of touch some form of you know like um compliment kissing you know holding something and if i don't get it i always default to something is wrong right vanessa on the other hand her thing is safety it seems like she needs to feel safe um and it doesn't necessarily mean you know me buying baseball bats on Amazon. Um, safety can mean so many things to her, but creating the safe. So he, he, here's the other thing: it, it, it ties into each other. So if she gets the safety, then she's going to feel more connected. And for me, if I feel more connected, she'll give. She'll get the safety. Maybe I, I, that feels a little oversimplified, but I must. I simplify everything. <laughs> here's why: I, I think that I don't necessarily know. 
I could be completely wrong. This is the first time I've ever thought about it, to be honest. I don't know how much overlap there is. Well, I'm sure there's overlap, but I don't know how clear cut it is between attachment styles and energetics. Well, no, it doesn't matter. I think you, I think you mixed the two up, like well, you mixed them. Do you know well, what I'm saying? Well, you can't not mix them. I think that if someone feels something, so the two feelings is one's safety and one's connection. If you feel safe, there's going to be energy and behavior that manifests from feeling that. So yes. if I feel connected, there's going to be a ripple from that. And so when I, I don't, feel... I don't necessarily agree with that. And here's why. I don't think it comes natural to you to show me, provide me safety in the way that I need safety. Because in this conversation, we're saying that maybe you have put more time and energy and weight and lived in more of the feminine energetic dynamics and I the opposite. I think that actually is a stretch for you. And I actually don't think it has anything to do with attachment. And here's why. For me, feeling safe is not necessarily going to solve the desire for the attachment style trigger that you're talking about. Me being more connected to you physically, me touching you, um, right? That connection. That's an avoidant thing in me. So for me, that actually doesn't necessarily feel like masculine feminine. What that feels like is you desire it. The problem is, is if I'm not in a... Um, a state to give it, it's going to make me recoil is an intense word, but because of my avoidant tendencies, it can come on strong where then I back off and want to give it to you even less. So the, even though you're feeling safe. Yeah. It's not really about that. I don't think I could be completely wrong again, but for me, the, the attachment style thing, I want to come into you and soften into you and connect with you. Um, when I'm feeling like I like I want to do that, not when yeah, it's but being if, if you were feeling unsafe, you would there, that would be less of. I mean, sure, I, I wouldn't mean, do that's it. That's like all, the period. soil, right? So, but I think it's about I would want to do it when I want to do it, not when you want to do it. I think that's an avoidant, anxious thing. When it's put upon, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but I'm saying this is kind of the feeling. When it's put upon the avoidant to connect, usually the avoidant doesn't want to connect. No, it's not about putting upon. It's about... Uh, that's why I said air quotes. It's not... I mean, that's being unfair to you, but I'm so just generalizing. Here, here's my process. Okay. If what I'm desiring, whether it's because of my attachment style or my definition of love or whatever, for whatever yeah. reason, what I de if what I'm desiring in this relationship is connection. Yeah. And so connection can mean a lot of things. It could mean... Um, it could mean intimate physical physical connection. It could mean emotional connection. It could mean eye contact. It could mean, you know... Um, doing nothing or yeah. having sex yeah. connection could mean a bunch of things right if that's what i'm thirsty for and i'm craving that because of how i'm wired mm -hmm. and you give me that mm -hmm. i want to naturally give you something back in return that i know may be hard for me mm -hmm. but that you crave and want i want to it's it's literally like gift giving it's like if you give me something, I want to return. I don't like that. Though. No, I mean, I, it's, that feels so like naturally. Like, um, not not that there's a, an exchange involved, but naturally, if I'm getting something, it's conditional though. It's not. It, it's a natural thing. If I'm getting something from you that I know is hard for you or isn't your wiring, but you are, um, you know, making an effort to give me something that I I need, then I'm gonna want to do it back at the least. I'm mm -hmm. gonna want to go double or, or it's going to make me look in it you know okay no, what not not gift giving it's almost like an apology thing when you say to someone you're sorry the person 
usually then looks at him or herself and says, oh, okay, well, I'm also sorry. It's like that hitting the ball back and forth. And I think that's what it's happens It's like for matching, me. like energy matching energy, right? Or yeah, like, yeah. If you come in hot, I come in hot. If you come in soft, I come in soft. Like it just, it's an energetic matching. Yeah, and that's what I experienced. Now, it shouldn't be like um, a conditional thing. It shouldn't be a scoreboard. It shouldn't be like, oh, I gave you this. Now, what are you going to get? No, of course not. But naturally, if I get something from you that I know isn't your jam or isn't something that you're used to, and I I can tell you're making an effort for me, the first thing I want to do is something for you, naturally, not because I have to. And I think that's um, sometimes what creates the engine in a relationship because we're all different. We all have different needs. And, you know, actions speak louder than words. So asking for something sometimes doesn't come. But if you give something to your partner that, um, you know, they desire, then it usually comes back much more uh, naturally organic and, and, and more more uh, quickly than asking for something. You know, like me asking for a massage is not going to come as fast as um, me, you know, buying you 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 food or doing something that is uh, in line with your love language and then you return on your own. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm processing what you're saying. There's part of me that agrees with that and there's part of me that feels like it's a little confusing, but... Well, that's why we're different. <laughs> well, that's it. We've gone 23 minutes. <laughs> Maybe we can answer one question and then we're out. Okay, so on your phone, you've got a bunch of questions. Oh, on my phone? I was going to yep. look at those. Okay. No. Somebody said, did you ever doubt your relationship working out? If so, how did you work through it? Yes. You want to answer first? I don't want to answer <laughs> you for answered. you. just answered. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, on my side. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if it's doubt working out. Um, I, had, uh, um, I had a lot of uh, uh, stutter and um, ambivalence in the beginning. Um, a lot of that was not based on the relationship. was based on or what was coming up for me. Yeah. My own stuff. Yeah, I mean, when I first met John, I had a instant kind of um, knowing, if you will, that this was somebody that I was meant to collide with. Uh, but then I was met with a lot of ambivalence, like you said. Um, I tend to be somebody who knows what I want. I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I say what I mean. I mean what I say. I'm pretty blunt. I know what I want. I go for it. Um, and I was not met with that same kind of conviction in return. And to be quite honest, I've never experienced that in relationships. So, um, when I've like really wanted, they've also really wanted, and it's been pretty kind of eye to eye. So that was a ex- new experience for me. Uh, and I wasn't really enjoying the feeling of not being, um, enough, not, you know, being desired, not being maybe, uh, yeah, enough is the one that comes up. So it really started to make me be like, Ooh, I don't like actually how this is making me feel. And so there was a few cycles, I think three or four cycles of this where we would get into it and then John would get weird and pull in his head and back off. And then it would turn into this ambivalence thing. And he would be saying, I don't know. I don't know about us. And so by the third or fourth time, I, I essentially said, like, I don't I don't actually think I can do this. I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, and kind of gave him the space to be like, you essentially to use a momism. It's like shit already off the pot. Like, you tell me if this is something you want or not. I'll be here, but I, I'm not going to engage. And you went away and thought about it. I, w- I want to point something out. And this is happens because I'm always upset. I'm, I'm always interested in what's happening underneath. So my ambivalence, my uh, trepidation, my, you know, all of that. Um, triggered in Vanessa her 
not being enough. Mm -hmm. So that was why it was... Not being chosen. I mean, that's a huge thing for me. Right. So that's what was happening underneath. Um, For me, uh, like the the poster behind me says, I was trying to be single on purpose. I knew that if I jumped into another relationship, like I wanted that to be, you know, the the one. I didn't want to um, continually to date and and all that. And so uh, part of me was like, it's happening too fast. If, you know, let, let me go... Let me go, go. You know, um, sow your oats. Sow my oats and, and mm-hmm. do some crazy shit. Um, but also, you can't tell someone to wait while you go sow your oats because when you return, uh, he or she may not be um, available, right? So there was a lot of that conflict, and uh, yeah. So where I was at in my life, um, did I want to get into another relationship? Because that's that's kind of all I've been doing in my life is these you know long relationships. Um, so so that was happening. And then also um, something new for me was there was a lot of contrast and 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 coming out the other side I've now I now I now appreciate how different Vanessa is I actually really do um, before it wasn't normal and I thought because we were so different right so attachment styles love languages humor uh, I mean there's a lot of overlap right but there's also a lot of differences and I didn't see beauty in that instead I saw that as a red flag or a warning that we're not meant to be um, but. And this is why I say swim past the breakers as we started to build a relationship and I started to peel later layers and get to know her. Now I believe uh, or now I'm able to see that um, there is beauty in the differences. Now I'm able to accept her and appreciate her um, instead of trying to like, you know, put her in a box or she should be this way or have, you know, my, uh, you know, wants, tendencies and all of that stuff. I hope we asked to answer the question. I think we did. I do want to say as we end this, you know, um, this kind of stuff, you know, we started with a few conversations around, you know, approaches to communication and then energy, you know, energetic dynamics and things like that. Uh, John and I by no means, I mean, my background is in depth psychology, but by no means do I pretend to be an expert on energetics. Uh, This is a very, very broad topic. It's a very um, detailed and nuanced topic. There's so much stuff out there that you can, if it's interesting to you, that you can read more about and get into it and things like that. So don't think that what we're saying, we're not pretending like we're the experts on this. We're actually um, figuring it out together, right? Like I am a bit of a research nerd. So like I'll fall into a hole and then I'll bring it to him and we'll have these kind of conversations. And to be honest, I almost feel like what we presented to you is just more about how we, one of the ways that we fan the flames in our relationship is actually to kind of like nerd out and dive into these kind of interesting conversations and say, okay, well, I never thought about it that way before. Like, what do I feel like in this topic that I'm desiring or that I'm lacking or that I'm needing? And like, what does that look like for you? And it turns into rather than me coming to you and saying, here's this list of things that I feel like I need or I I want from you. It actually, for us, again, comes out of or is born out of these conversations where it's like, oh, this is interesting. Have you thought about this? And so anyway, I just wanted to offer that as we close. Yeah, I don't need to announce that um, I'm not an expert at this because that's not the position I want to take. Uh, energy and masculine and feminine energy is something that is that is very, it's not new. I've heard it before, obviously, but it's, it's something that I, I haven't explored. Um, there is a book called uh, The Way of the Superior Man, and don't judge it by its title. Uh, it's a very popular book, and uh, I read it once after my divorce. It blew my mind. That book is about masculine and feminine energy. Check that out. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a topic to explore, something that we rarely talk about, and it's also affecting your relationship. So check that out. And it affects all of us in the society we live in. So I actually think that's even more important of a reason to really dive in and understand it. 
you know, at the end of the Dr. Phil show, he get, he uh, grabs his uh, wife's hand and walks off the stage. Uh, what do you think ours should be? A tongue kiss? That's weird. I don't, we're, we're on a live. That's weird. What, what do you want to do? Oh, no. I... <laughs> that's all you guys get. <laughs> I want tongue. She wants a pet. That's, that's our difference. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.